Everyone wants to live a long and healthy life with a body which looks and performs how they want it to. Yet so many search for the answers by taking the advice from peers and by following the dietary and training plans of people with different goals and outcomes to which they're searching. Within the health and fitness industry, there's a significant amount of disinformation from a wide variety of self-proclaimed experts, never really tying together what you want or need to hear. There are people who are performing at their best and there are others who don't know where to begin. This podcast aims to take you through the compendium of what is diet and fitness to allow you to design your own training programs to meet your specific needs. In each episode, we're going to discuss a new topic surrounding diet, fitness and mindset, which builds on previous knowledge. This allows you to understand and appreciate the fundamentals before we delve into the more specific needs of top-level athletes. This podcast is hosted by James and Max. James is a registered dietitian and nutritionist who's worked within the NHS and private sector. He specialises in improving athletic performance, enhancing training recovery and accelerating muscle growth. And I'm Max, a strength and conditioning coach who specialises in athletic performance and personal development. I've worked with GB athletes in bobsleigh and rowing, and also alongside semi-professional and professional rugby players. Together, we hope to provide a wealth of knowledge and value to you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in. This is My Athletic Compendium. Vasav! <laughs> Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in again. We've... We've been apart for a while, haven't we, actually? Yeah, we've had a couple of episodes where we've done them individually. Um, we'll scoot the microphone a little bit closer so it's so you can hear us a little bit better, hear our seductive voices. Mm. And we're, we're back on the <laughs> casting couch. We've got a new camera for you all. Oh, yeah. Um, might actually get a whole video full of... Absolutely. Video. So if you do want to check us out on YouTube, this is probably the, the episode to watch because hopefully it won't die after about nine minutes. So... We're also in HD, we've got the lights in our face, you, you know, you're missing a lot if you're just watching on the podcast. Um, but essentially today, I think, I think we both agreed that discussing what to do and what to eat before exercise would be a good, a good episode, I think. So, I know you've made your notes, you're well more, prepo- well more prepared than I am. Um, that's only because I've got a memory like a sieve. That's absolutely fine. So I don't want to miss anything up. No, well that's better for the listeners, isn't it? So it is, it is. Um, do you want to go first? Because obviously we've got the diet side of it, we've got the, the training side of it. Yeah, um, on, then, for sure. For sure, take for it away. Sure. So when you're training, when you're exercising, you obviously want to prepare your body. Mm. Um, this is for a load of different reasons. One is, like my obsession is just foot performance. Um, if your muscles are activated and prepped properly, they're going to be more effective when you're lifting. Um, same as you know when you do your warm up before you do a rugby game, football game, whatever. Um, you want to prepare your body to perform at its best. Mm-hmm. Equally, it's also to help prevent injury. If you're going, you know, say it's a cold November, December evening, and you're going into your training session, which it is at the moment, which it is at the minute. That's why I'm saying that. But um, you know, it's, it's cold weather. Um, you've been sat down in your desk all day, mm-hmm. your hips are a bit stiff and tight and whatever, cold weather, cold muscles are stiff and tight and whatever, and then you go off and sprint for a, for a try scoring opportunity. Yeah. There is that risk of injury, um, and obviously muscles aren't going to be firing properly. Mm-hmm. So it's important to do your warm-ups and so on. Um, so sort of to take you through that and the sort of structure that I would sort of create with that, mm-hmm. um, is some kind of pulse raiser, so this is GCSEP stuff really, but some kind of um, heart raising 
sort of activity that's quite get low intensity, get your blood right. flowing to the muscles. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because essentially, sort of when you're sat down like we are now, uh -huh. most of your blood is going to be shifted towards your stomach if you're digesting food, yep. or your brain for your brain to function. That's it, you know, it's going to prioritize those areas. Whereas when you're exercising and you're mm -hmm. contracting your muscles, the blood's going to shift from, you know, and prioritize your muscles rather than your stomach and your brain and your right. liver. Hopefully, it's still going to your brain a lot better. Yeah. That's the, the, the sort of. This is good for me. I didn't do GCSE PE, so. Okay, yeah. It's, yeah, so, yeah, blood can yep. sort of shift from place to place depending on where it's needed most. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's your pulse raiser, and that's essentially what you're doing. And it's also going to elevate your heart rate, which is obviously going to help facilitate your, yep. your exercise. Um, and then you want to go into some kind of dynamic stretch. So the reason why you stay dynamic. That's dynamic. dynamic dumb it down. Dumb it down. So dynamic is it involves some kind of movement. Static is static. So you're, you're stationary, you're not moving, and you're holding something. So, so like, <clears> difference <throat> would be high knees being dynamic versus, you know, uh, holding the bottom of a squat. Yeah. Is that static? That, yeah, that is static. So if you're just sat in the bottom of a mm -hmm. squat. Or when you do those little hamstring stretches, but you stay yeah. still. Yeah, if you're doing like a toe touch or whatever, yeah. you're staying still, that's that's static. Um, the reason why you want to do it dynamic, yep. there's a, a few different reasons, but um, the main one being that when you're stretching a muscle and you're holding that position, the muscle is going to relax in that stretched state, but when you've sort of relaxed the muscle and and, and, and lengthened it to its sort of full potential, yeah, uh, its contractility, which Ooh. is a word, um, I know its contractility is lessened. Yeah, uh, it's not quite as forceful. So when you do a dynamic stretch, you get you're getting that stretch stretch, but you're also getting the contraction with it. Right. So for example, if you're doing like a leg swing, going yeah. forwards and backwards. Um, you're going to be stretching your hamstring as your foot comes up, but then as it comes back down, you're then contracting the, the hamstring right, right, right. to then come back down. And Whereas it's if you dynamic. just put your leg on a fence, mm -hmm. you're stretching your hamstring, but you're, you're, not, lengthening getting that, you're not getting that contraction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's why you'd want to do sort of dynamic, because it's sort of going to help prepare your muscles a little bit better. Mm -hmm. It's more specific. And if you're playing sports, you dynamic anyway. Aren't yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, any sport that you play, um, you're doing some kind of dynamic movement, so uh, yeah. it's that's kind of you know strictly relevant to what you're going to be doing anyway. Uh -huh. um, so dynamic stretches. If you're you do you do a desk job, or if just generally you have a tighter area. So uh, for me, I, my hips are always really really tight. Yeah, mine too. I think that's a rugby thing, to be fair. Me too. Um, but if you've got tight hips, then you would obviously focus on those areas, and, and those areas you might want to be a little bit more sta uh, static or holding that stretch a little bit more. Yeah. Um, just because if it is a, a particularly tight area, again, you want to make sure that you're mobile. Yeah. Because uh, the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, if, if you're a front row and you're getting into that scrummage position, which is quite like a. I'm going to demo it on video, but like it's, it's in, a, in a lower position yeah. uh, where you know your, ha uh, your your hips are quite engaged, engaged, and everything. You want there to be mobility there mm -hmm. um, as as well. Especially so when someone's pushing against you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's just activating things as well mm -hmm. um, while stretching. So what 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 is the benefit of doing? I know you've mentioned. You know, it gets them fired up mm. and it prevents injury. Mm. But what what does firing your muscles up do? Does that like improve your performance or? Yeah. So what well, that's what I'm gonna just about to go oh, go into now. Right? Go 
So um, with your warm-ups, you can get uh, like activation stuff. So uh, when you're activating a muscle, it's just basically making sure that it's firing correctly. Yeah. Um, especially again, if you've been like if you're on a, on an away game and you've been sat on a coach for hours, mm -hmm. um, your muscles have just been in a relaxed state for potentially you know four or five hours if it's a particularly long away game. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure that the muscles are firing properly, just uh, in terms of that, that's going to help your uh, uh, your lifting or your um, your performance. Um, so, you know, that dynamic stretching, like I said, with that contraction, it's activating that muscle and making sure that it's firing properly. Yeah. Um, it can also benefit your lift. So, for example... Talking in the gym. Yeah, talk, yeah this is yeah, talking yeah. in the gym now, sorry. Uh, so, for example, say you're going to do a squat session. Um, you would want to activate your, uh, say, your piriformis, which is a muscle that goes around the outside of your hip, which helps your knees stay out. Because what what's quite common in a squat is that your knees might come in as you as you come up. So right. to help prevent that, you would do like a, a clamshell, which is basically where you you open up your hip. It, it's kind of like a rotation in an outward direction of the hip, like that. If you can see that on the screen, um, opening up your groin. Opening up your groin, yeah, mm -hmm. um, and that's going to help prevent that knee cave and, and so there is like the, the activation of those muscles mm -hmm. uh, can uh, also for sort of facilitate your training but also it can activate uh, it can also strengthen that area so in the future when you squat it's going to be better in the long term. Here's one for you and I've just thought of it, you might not know the answer but that's fine, we'll try. we're all learning here. Massage guns and not necessarily massage guns but mass you know a pre-game massage I love, anyway. I love the fact you've asked this question because I forgot to write this down as a note, oh, but lovely. it's a very, very good point to bring very up. Very synergistic, aren't they? Mm. But essentially, you know, do they do they have any benefit mm. being one? Uh, I know they, they work in a recovery sense, especially mm. like a, you know, if someone's got an injury, um, activating blood flow and things like that, but prior to an exercise session or prior to a, a game, a match, do they serve any purpose? Yes. Well, yes. Um... Things like massage guns are pretty new in terms of um, into the health and fitness world. They, they've only come into play in the last, what, three yeah. years? Yeah, three, I'd four, say so. five years? Yeah, anyway, uh, they're quite years. new. So there's, there's not been loads of studies on them yet. Yeah. So like I, I do, I, uh, what I mean by studies is like scientific papers that prove that it either works or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, there's not been loads. However, there's a lot of rationale behind it. And mm. I strongly believe that they, they do work, and I'm sure there must be papers out there now, to be fair. But essentially, what a massage gun does, it's like a... A rhythmic. A rhythmic, like, vibration. Um, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been known to look a little bit like a sex toy. Yeah. But it's, it's basically like um, a gun-shaped uh, device that uh, you can get different attachments to it, and it basically, like... Like smacks, smacks, yeah, smacks against your muscles, and what that does is it does it again. It depends how you use it. Mm -hmm. If you go, uh, I tend to use massage guns before I exercise because, uh, especially if I've again on an away game, is because say you're doing it on your calf, so it's creating that sort of vibration through your calf. Yeah, uh, that is going to create a response that's going to similarly to a warm up where it's going to shift blood to that area. Right, right through the vibration. So it's almost like it's an activation sort of thing. Yeah, almost like an activation thing. So 
by the vibrations hitting your muscle, your muscle's gonna naturally respond. contract and respond, yeah. being like, oh shit, I need to contract. It's, yeah. it's just like a natural response. Again, that muscle contraction is gonna, you know, uh, what's the word, autonomously shift blood to that area because the muscle obviously needs blood to yeah. help, its, help it contract. Absolutely, um, yeah. Um, so that's the idea behind the, the massage guns. If you were to use it with a little bit more pressure, there is going to be like a, a deep tissue, like a deep tissue thing. Yeah. There's going to be more of a massage effect, which I tend to avoid um, pre-game. The reason being is that essentially massage, what you're going to be doing is breaking down muscle fibers very gently. Yeah. And obviously, if you're breaking down muscle fibers pre-performance, more, more risk of injury. You're not going to have as much contractility. I'm going to use that word again. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So, in terms of deep tissue massage it's probably avoidable 24, 48 hours before a game. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that goes with foam rolling, because uh, obviously that is more deep tissue, deep tissue stuff. Yeah. Um, the massage guns, again, if you just use them lightly, mm -hmm. just to create that vibration, it can cause blood to rush to that area. So massage guns, <clears throat> yes, because it's sort of soft tissue work <clears throat> on the, the surface of things, activation, you know, effect essentially, mm. but we're saying no to deep tissue massages pre-game. Pre-game, yeah. 20, yeah. 24 to forty-eight hours prior to, because mm. I always, you know, you walk in the change rooms on a Saturday morning before before a game, and you always see someone having a back rub, and you're like, is that actually benefiting you, mm. or are you actually causing yourself more issue? Should you have had that on Tuesday? Yes. You know, four days yeah. before before the, the game. There is a kind kind of a crossover. To be, um, to sort of throw a spanner in the works, um, say a player has just through, you know, long term, mm. they've had real issues in their calves, they're always really, really tight, uh, that is going to have an effect on their performance. So if you were to get the physio to, you know, if they're really, really tight pre-game, you do want to kind of allow them to loosen up a little bit so massage can be helpful then yeah however not anything too abrasive and too yeah. destructive it would be more of a light thing just again to get, promote to activate and promote get blood flow for blood flow to that muscle exactly so yes you know if, if you know you can get a massage before a game by your physio mm -hmm. but again it's not going to be anything that's going to you know massage out any knots that are in in your in your back or your calves or whatever the you know that target area is mm -hmm. it's it's going to be more softer promote the blood flow to that area prime the muscle kind yep. of thing it's never going to be damaging um that kind of stuff is beneficial but again you wouldn't do it around game time because yeah because of that reason absolutely my go last little bit go on is and this is something that people and something that I'm, I'm only just myself looking into uh, which I find quite interesting is getting a training effect from your warm-up so this Let's is elaborate elaborate so for example say you're a, a rugby player yeah we like rugby. we like talking about rugby. We, yeah we are both rugby players that's why we always use rugby but yeah it goes for any sport really but you know say you're you're training you want to do a warm-up again to help your performance you know make mm -hmm. sure you're preventing injury also, um, you can get a, tra a training effect from this, uh, from your training, uh, from your warm-up, excuse me. So, 
Things like plyometric training you can include into your warm-up. For those that don't know, what's plyometric? Plyometric training is a kind of um, movement which is reactive. So say, um, for example, a drop jump is you're dropping off of a, a box that's, say, 50 centimetres high. Yeah. Drop off that box. As soon as you hit the floor, you're going to uh, sink down into a squat and then jump up as high as you can. Right. Right, so you're dropping off the box, squat down, jump as high as you can, but you know that the, the contact time on the floor yeah. uh, in, within that squat is as minimal as possible. So the reaction is the the landing and, and yes. exploding out of that. Okay. Yeah. So it's that's the reaction. Mm -hmm. I was looking at a study the other day that was suggesting that that contact time on the floor, from you know you dropping off the box, hitting the floor, and then getting back up in the air. Yeah. Um, is optimally less than 0.25 of a second. So are we actually talking to the bottom of a squat or are we talking feet touching the floor and it, back up? It's um, feet touching the floor and back up, but you, you have like a semi-squat because you want to go for maximum height on this jump. Yeah. So it's kind of finding the optimum range. Yeah. You're not going to sink so right down into like a squat. It's like a quarter of a squat. It's a quarter squat, of the squat, it? yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I didn't mean a little Enough to, squat. Enough to mm. sort of contract the muscles. Yeah but not enough to just do yeah. the full movement. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Um, that, that's the, an example of a plyometric training. It's basically just an explosive, reactive um, exercise. But you can do that sort of training yeah. within your warm-up, so doing jumping. Yeah. Uh, one thing, like one easy way to just throw it in there is, um, you know, you can do, again, with my rugby team, I'd get them to do some kind of conditioned touch game. So like mm -hmm. a, uh, they'll be playing touch rugby, for three minutes or so, quite high intensity, whatever, and then I'd get them to just do some pogos on the spot. Yeah. Uh, with a pogo, it's like hands on hips, and then you just with, with your toes, you're just jumping with your toes. Yeah. Or doing a counter movement jump, so you'd squat down, jump as high as you can, squat down, jump as high as you can. Yeah. And then I'd try and get them to do so many of those to get some kind of training effect to help yeah. them improve their plyometric training. Uh -huh. But at the same time as them doing that. You know, that's warming them up. That's getting their muscles activated. That's getting them to yeah. the blood fl to flow to those areas. But it's also going to help get that training effect with plyometric training. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. To you, at least. <laughs> it does, because I'm thinking of it in the sense of if you're if you're reacting. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's times where you have that. It's that stretch contract, isn't it? It's the the stretch mm -hmm. of the muscle and the contraction real yeah. quickly. Like if you're doing a side step, mm -hmm. you are bouncing from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. So you've got that that contraction of the muscle as you're leaning to one side and the explosive away and obviously the quicker you sidestep the, the more likely you are to beat someone it's exactly. more explosive same with going up if you're jumping up for a ball whether it's you know you're playing football and you're going for a header if you or, or catching a rugby ball if you've got that explosive down and up you're going to get more height hmm. and that's the training effect exactly and and you get that naturally just from playing a game of touch rugby or a little five-a-side football mm -hmm. game to warm yourselves up. Um, you get that. However, this is, you know, doing, okay, let's do 10 counter movement jumps. It's a way of controlling and you knowing that everyone's done it. Yeah. For example, in, again, using rugby as a specific example, wingers, centres, just generally backs, are more likely to do more sidestepping and, and yeah. stuff than a forward and or more, a front rower. You know, catching more in the air. catching in the air than a forward because forwards are normally going to run straighter and harder, <laughs> generally speaking, and they're not going to do much lateral. Run at each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. At each other. So it's a way of kind of making everyone get that training effect yeah. in the warm-up. Um, and that's oh, yeah. pretty much...
everything that I've got really. That's all your pre-exercise yeah. knowledge. Last one, really Go quickly. On. Really Go quickly. On. Um, so there's also one thing that I always do if I've got like a, a squat session or a bench session or so back in the gym. Back in the gym. Yeah. Um, if I've got that kind of a session, I will always do warm up sets before I go into the my right, yeah, working yeah. set. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be so for just for example, if you're doing a back squat, I'd start off unweighted, just the bar, um, sinking to the bottom portion of my squat to get that that stretch in the bottom of your squat again, keeping it dynamic, so staying moving, yeah. getting that stretch at the bottom of the squat, and then coming back up, and then building the weight up slowly up until that 100% effort uh-huh. for that set, for the few first sets, so say if you're doing eight reps, mm-hmm. I would build the weight up over three three sets just to increase the weight slowly. So if someone programs you, because obviously they've just started the gym, mm-hmm. you've, you've written a program for them and it's, yeah. I don't know, four sets of eight squat, mm-hmm. you would advise them, you know, that four doesn't start from just starting with the bar and then putting no, a couple yeah. of 10s on, a couple of 20s, that four by eight is your working set, yeah. and you're going to do some pre warm up sets. Yeah, to yeah. Do that. just just to get your muscles contracting and mm-hmm. making sure that the movement's right, and making sure that you're, you know, at the bottom of your squat, you feel comfortable, and you're not lifting a hundred million kilograms with your first yeah. squat. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's that you know. You, you I mean, I, I know, and you know, and there's probably several people listening that will know that feeling. You, there's no way you could just. Mm load up the bar with no warm-up and squat your max mm. there is that process where you have to gradually work you work your way into it but why is it why is it your muscles you know i i know for example i can squat 140 easily mm. what a big dog <laughs> but i couldn't just load up the bar Sorry. <laughs> absolutely rinse me <laughs> but um i know i couldn't just load up the bar mm. With no warm up and do that. Yeah. Why is that the case? Um, it's that's a very good question. Um, no. <laughs> it's just trying to get me back. Um, no, it's a good question. Um, reason being is simply because you know you've gone. Say you know, for example, if you're training in the morning, you've just woken up. Mm. Um, you're in that kind of state of mind. There's there's so many different factors that can affect this, but you're in that state of state of mind of like I've just woken up. I'm you know, going to the gym, uh, yep. just driven to the gym or whatever, and you're not, your brain's not fully switched on, and it's the same with your muscles. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what time of the day you train, if you're going in to do a 140 kilogram squat, because you you're a big dog, right you need to be, and your mus- it's the same with your muscles, they need to make sure that they're contracting forcefully. Yeah. And if you're just going to do that straight off the bat without any kind of warm up, again, it's, it's, it's your muscles' response to a specific environment. So if you're squatting 100, 140 kilograms, no warm-up sets, no warm-up, no nothing, um, they're gonna contract with that massive amount of force, yeah. um, unprepared. Right. And, and, and so there's gonna be tear, there's gonna be more tears in, in your muscle from that, uh-huh. that lift and, and you know, so you might elicit more DOMS, you might uh, create that tear to an extent which can injure you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's always a good idea to, get to make sure up. that you're getting your warm-up sets to make sure that your muscles are used to contracting mm-hmm. forcefully, make sure that they're getting used to that kind of range of movement at, at your joints and so on. So mm-hmm. Sounds that's, good. Does that answer the question? Right? That does answer my question. How long are we on? Fucking hours. I've just been nattering away for days. No, it's good, because I'm thinking, you know, we were going to do some 
pre-exercise nutrition advice on this, but that can probably be saved for another episode, I think. Um, what are we up to? I don't know, it's locked. Uh, um, I think we'll end the podcast there, guys. I'm going to shove my face in the camera and see. Ooh. Ooh, oh, it's we've, got, we've got posts as well. This is completely unscripted. It's completely off the cuff. We're just that good. Absolutely. And Amazon have just popped something through my letterbox. So, uh, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you liked it, please let somebody else know if you think they're going to get any benefit from it. Um, give us a follow on our social media. It's My Athletic Compendium um, on Instagram. That's about all we have at the moment, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if you liked us, then pass it on to someone, share the knowledge, share the share the value that you're getting. Um, we really do appreciate it. So cheers guys. See you next week. Nice one. Take care. Not even that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh.